0: Welcome back to episode 53 of the Hockey House Podcast presented by Optimex Sports. I'm your host, Mackenzie Murphy, joined alongside by Colin Fitzgerald, Stephen Glick, and our executive producer, David Herman, as we bring you the latest news in non-NCAA college hockey here in the United States. Just rolling through syllabus week here at Syracuse, but that is not the headline. The headline is I finally get to come on this podcast and talk about how Syracuse brought home the W this weekend, got a nice road split with Rhode Island. They were 22 and I think we were, I don't know, last time I checked, we were in the 60s when it came to the, the computer ranking. So big win for the boys. Tough to, to win on the road in our conference. Coach said we didn't put together a full 60, but we put together pretty close to 60, uh, went down early. Two of my three career NCAA or- <laughs> Oh, oh, take that back. Two of my three collegiate goals have come uh, against URI at Boss Arena. So I guess I played well there. My one minus on the weekend was I was out there for the empty editor on Saturday. Other than that, good weekend for the boys. I know I was texting you guys. Played a lot of minutes. We had a defenseman go down on Friday night. Got to play a lot of minutes. I love nothing more than being a D-man when we play 4D. I I love being out there every other shift. It it takes me back to the high school days. Is this your first goal against URI since that infamous push-up goal? Yeah, and they they remind me about my TikToks more than any other team. When we played them earlier, Herm, you were there for that game, but they were chirping. The worst part, not the worst part, I think the best part is like, they were chirping guys on our team to like go make TikToks and like the guys don't even have TikTok. Like they just knew that a kid on Syracuse makes TikToks and they were just like, that's all they had to chirp. But a a couple of the guys were funny about it and and some other guys were just like brickheads about it.
1: Something similar happened when my goalie partner was in that he came to the bench after one of the periods and he said all the guys all the like the away fans behind the bench were yelling at him to make TikToks because they thought that he was me.
0: Exactly, and we've talked about enough with Fitz about just the hockey guys and, and and TikTok. But fun weekend. It's a good place to play. Like I was talking with some of the rookies. Like my freshman year, we got to go play Liberty. So obviously, that's like one of the best places to play. But Boss Arena is a really good facility in terms of ACHA. Like it's on campus. It has a lot of seating. Great coach Joe Augustine. He's always a character too. He's been behind the bench for probably over twenty. 5 years now he won a national championship with them in 06 and they had I think they had a team dog they had like a golden retriever running around the arena like all weekend long and it was like squealing and barking during the anthem on the, on Friday night but like i said Nice weekend. It's always fun to go to URI because my family usually makes the trip because it's close for them compared to the rest of the home games. But Fitz, how was your weekend?
2: Not as eventful as yours, Murph. We had two games, but but not much happened. We we won in overtime Saturday night, so I was pretty electric in front of the Binghamton fans. Yeah, not much going on. Had the uh, the team dinner tonight. We got three big tilts this weekend, and my brothers are actually making the trip from Chicago. They'll uh, they'll be here for the Thursday Friday game, so I'm pretty excited about that. Oh, uh, that you know they're gonna be all for the jumbotron they're gonna be asked to do the uh the little bumper ball games in between the periods and just destroy oh. each other
0: <laughs> oh that, i'd pay to watch that
2: i think people might mistake uh my brother ryan for for me they'll think i'm up in the stands because we look exactly the same same hair everything
0: yeah i've been seeing his video too it looks like he's trying to get a pro hockey tryout recently
2: he's been hitting the pond he's odr seasons in full swing for for him he's uh he always says he's he should have went the hockey route, you know. Screw baseball; should have should have played hockey. So maybe we'll uh, we'll get him to, to quit, and uh, next year we'll get him out here in Binghamton. Who needs him to quit when he can just pull a Bo Jackson? I'm pretty sure it's in the the contract with the Red Sox that he's actually not even supposed to be playing pond hockey right now. So, <laughs> well, that's what he was doing on
0: his Instagram story. He was yeah. tagging the Worcester Railers, so I think he was trying to play for both Worcester teams, get the 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 Worcester Red Sox and and the. Worcester Railers in the coast. Glick, how was the weekend for the, the Owls?
1: Definitely wasn't the way we wanted to go. We lost to Navy 3-2, and again, the they really could have gone either way. We're still going to bounce back this weekend. We got two big games against William Patterson and Villanova, so hoping to get two wins.
0: That one against Nova is going to be a good one. Who's who's hosting that?
1: Well, We're on the road for that one. We're on the road for both games.
0: You got to travel so such a far distance for that
1: one. Probably like only an extra five minutes further than our home our home ring, which is pretty funny.
0: I'll be in Philly too. We're playing Drexel Saturday and Sunday. So I actually, I I should shoot you a message after this. I got to figure out, I'm supposed to be playing one of the team meals this weekend. So I might need uh, your help with that. We'll have the Temple Hockey House host the Syracuse team.
1: I will ask and see if we can get that done.
0: Herm, what about you? How did you spend your weekend? Went down to Stony Brook
3: to watch them split against Liberty. Stony Brook guys can't say enough good things about them. From Sully to Brendan Pepe to Mike Conlon, all of those guys really welcomed me in. Peter, the game day operations manager, kind of similar in terms of like a total Swiss army knife, where he runs like six things at once during the game day, was super, super accommodating. And then Dave, Aztec Photo's, was great at getting me around the rink and even went out on the ice during the second period intermission and, like took the magic eraser, cleaned off the glass for me. I was like, this is like Ritz Carlton level service at the worst rink ever. Like you guys are great. Just wish it was
0: a little brighter, a little, little better in here, but you guys were wonderful. All right. So takeaways from the weekend, because I saw the results, caught a little bit of the games. Was it just like Liberty was really not ready to play on the road and then they kind of caught up to Stony Brook in the second game? It
3: seemed like it. The Liberty team that came out game one and the Liberty team that came out game two seemed like complete polar opposites. It seemed like the guys were a little tired from the drive up. Stony Brook capitalized. Both games were very, very physical, but it was back and forth. It really could have gone either way in, in that second game. I really thought at, at one point, Stony Brook started clawing back, uh, but Liberty shut the door. It was very, very competitive and indicative of like a a semi-final level matchup for the national tournament
0: yeah it's funny like we had that as one of the the games to watch i feel like you really just don't see liberty in their navy jerseys that often like they're always at what they're on either at home wearing white or they wear their red alternates and then for the big road games they wear their red alternates too but they it just it's like kind of looks out of place every time i see him wear blue just because you're you're not used to seeing that because you know they're featured so much when they're at home wearing the home whites or like I said, the the alternate reds, but speaking of teams in red this weekend and in the games to watch, uh, we had the the game of the week as the Friday night tilt between Kentucky and Louisville. And uh, the cards took that one on Friday night in front of a a ruckus crowd in Lexington. And then uh, they, they doubled down and took down the cats on home ice in overtime the following night. Herm seems to be beside himself. Just listening to me talk about it, but overall great showing, but from both teams, really, I mean, how many people probably saw their first hockey game in Kentucky this weekend and, and, were blown away but obviously the Cardinal fans went home with the two wins and and the boys seemed pretty fired up and so did the Louisville social media manager Gage O'Dell
3: he tweeted at us and said that he blames at hockey house and the pump it up curse man I was really looking forward to coming down to Lexington I hope they'll have me and I'm not a jinx at that point but who knows feel like I'm I'm treading water with both Louisville and Kentucky
0: after uh that incorrect prediction Longtime follower of the the pod and we've been following him on social media since day one just because he provides so much behind the scenes stuff about Kentucky I know I talked about it it was the last episode or episode before that but I talked about how like the home team rarely wins the winter classic I think it's one of those things like the Kentucky boys there's just like so much going on you know it's gonna be one of the biggest crowds of the year to lose that one and then you basically have Louisville running downhill I mean you get the first win on the road and you know you they're going for the sweep at home and to get that in overtime and i mean they won but they were holding up the l because that's what louisville does and the guys at kentucky do the l's down but all in all a really good weekend of hockey and and shout out to the louisville cardinals because they put on quite the show and uh We talked about it last week but the social media people were going at it all week and then you know as soon as that that final buzzer went in the ot game on saturday um the the cardinal social media was lighting up once again reminding kentucky who who won the two games that weekend so more social media from the southern teams we saw cock hockey today getting into it with auburn and clemson because clemson dropped a a new set of jerseys that look awfully close to auburn's and the, the orange and the script on the front auburn twitter was going insane after they won Herm, you're kind of the insider on this but deep fried memes are back like they never went out of style Eamon Smith our social
3: media wizard for Auburn hockey has Really grown the program and made it an incredible part of the sports culture at the university. As he and I had a conversation this weekend, he explained to me that the Auburn Twitter followers are massive on ratioing other teams' final score tweets with like deep-fried memes. They have so many stockpiled. I sent the thread to our group chat, and you just kept going and going and going. And you were like, holy,
0: f- how many of these are there? It was really impressive. It was insane. When When Herm sent me the link to that tweet and I checked it out, I was like, wow, this is Awesome. And of course, they got the Iron Bowl victory over their rival, Bama. You know, sticking in the South from awesome news out of NC State. Rod Brendamore, head coach of the Carolina Hurricanes, is going to be there to drop the puck. Arguably one of the most liked coaches in the NHL, probably by players. Seems to be like a really big players' coach. uh He was a hardworking guy when he played in the league. I've watched the Carolina Hurricanes 2006 Stanley Cup video probably more than any other movie, just because my dad was a Whalers fan growing up who, you know, switched to the Hurricanes. And so we had that on DVD when I I was a kid. So big Rod Brendamore fan. Happy to see he's dropping the puck this weekend. Fitz, your boys from Indiana rallied from 5-1 down to beat Michigan 6-5 in regulation. What do you think about
2: that? The Hoosiers are looking good this year. The boys are buzzing, but I am a little salty. I never got to play at Yost when I was at IU. We, we played Michigan at some dump rink up there, so I am, I am a little hurt by that, but happy for the guys.
0: Uh, a couple teams on some winning streaks. As many of you know, have been following along. UNLV stretched their streak to 16 straight, including an overtime victory against Arizona. Arizona battled back from 3-1 down to tie it up late. Arizona was killing a five-on-three, and they scored to tie it up. Wow! Sorry, I w- thought I was reading that backwards, but Herm Herm's correcting me here. Thriller in Tucson. This was after the Arizona coach got thrown out. Uh, UNLV wins it in overtime to <laughs> the displeasure of the Tucson faithful. Um, the boys, you know, celebrated by shushing the boys celebrated by shushing the crowd and waving to the crowd. And then the people of Tucson did not like that, and you know, began to give them the number one salute and throw on a couple beverages onto the ice just for good measure. And the clip is insane. We were, Herm was the first to post that, and we were actually eating team breakfast together. We were all watching it. And we were like, "Wow, this is." this is nuts Um, but that's just good hockey so we we love to see that we love to see the crowds and the people back in the stands this year but you know anytime you get an overtime win on the road you got to make sure the fans know it so hats off to the Rebels 16 straight for them they're not the only team in a double digit streak though right now Uh, the boys at Pitt have also won 10 straight their 10th win believe it or not took some time they played earlier in the season against Mercyhurst and the power went out in the first period so this past week they made that game up they played the second and third periods Pitt pulled away with a 5-1 win to make it 10 straight i guess sticking with some some division one action here a couple viral clips we had a michigan goal from iup which got reposted by plenty of people i think i saw it on on bar down and and a couple other places yeah jace Rerick from from iup picked up the puck with a lot of speed going on behind the net and i i hate to turn it over to glick every time we bring up one of these goals but a lot of the comments were saying how like it's the goalie's fault but i feel like good a guy brings the puck behind the net you never really think like he's that's what he's gonna do it's such a quick move and the people in the comments were like classic ACHA goalie like terrible but I'm gonna side with the goalie here I think like you're you're just I don't know there's not really much you can do in that situation especially like a guy like JC came in with that much speed
1: yeah I mean he did that like almost full speed he did that in such fluid motion I would never expect a guy to be skating behind the net and all of a sudden pull Michigan usually you see the player stop and then do the Michigan the fact that he did it all in stride is just incredible you just don't expect it as a goalie.
0: Yeah. And, and we do share goalie highlights on this, on this page, by the way, one goal that we highlighted this weekend was Nick Beck from Kent state who pulled off the goalie song against John Carroll. Shout out to my guy, Nick Manusos, but we've had some trouble playing the puck behind the net in the past couple of games. And, um, some defensive breakdowns. I mean, this is a very high risk, low reward play. And, and he songs, the JCU guy, and then makes a, a great saucer pass up the ice, almost a two line pass. So really good to see and, and highlight some goalies with some silky hands. And then, um, we um, had a nice jersey reveal. I know uh, today Bama dropped a new set of jerseys, but Tampa had some sweet Gasparilla pirate-themed jerseys. The video that dropped with it and the photos, by the time this drops, we will have shared them already. Another clean set of jerseys. Kind of reminds me of the Hurricanes black alternates. You can't really go wrong with with going with the blackout look. and It's a good look for you, Tampa. It looked like an NHL team's production. It was
3: that damn good.
0: I mean, not to bring up uh, the NFL for the people in Tampa and the Bucks losing, but it gave me like like you, that's something you would expect to see with the pirate ships, like out of an NFL, like you'd expect to see that out of the Buccaneers and expect Tom Brady or Gronk at the end. And instead we got one of the best teams in the CHF dropping a new Jersey. I guess more NFL talk, unfortunately for Josh Allen and the, and the people of Buffalo—it didn't end up going their way. But Dan Smolka of Niagara took to the ice in full Josh Allen gear, with the helmet and the jersey for warmups against Buffalo. Niagara's got a lot of Ontario guys. I'm sure they're big Bills fans, so I'm sure they were devastated by the loss. I don't know if you guys watched the games, but on a non-hockey-related piece, like two of the greatest NFL games I've ever watched back to back. Born and raised in New England, so I'm a, a Pat's fan. It was fun watching Brady do his thing, where he he came all the way back, and you know the Rams ended on a late field goal but watching that game with a bills fan and my teammate Colin Morrow uh slim as we call him here in Syracuse it was just devastating like the bills took the lead the first time and we were all celebrating for him and he had to like shush us tell us to quiet down and I was like oh this guy has been through some stuff. Like he knows what's about to happen. Sure enough, they go up by the touchdown with 13 seconds left and he's not even celebrating. He is like, get the defense out there. Like we need to stop. Like he knew that that was enough time. He knew 13 seconds was enough time. And then just the, the look on his face when the coin toss didn't go their way, there's certain sports fandoms. And I think like that really just summarized what it means to be a Buffalo bills fan. And I, I hope that they get some happiness down the road because it was a heck of a football game. Just didn't go their way. And I also, Also think they should change the overtime rules. Um, I'm with you there, and Herm, you can leave this part in. I think they should change the overtime rules to mimic the college rules, but I also think that Bills fans can't be upset because their defense did let Patrick Mahomes march down the field in 13 seconds. Like it, it sucks, but like, hey, you, if you really wanted to win the game, you would have stopped him there. You had you, you had the opportunity to. So that's my take as a non-football guy. That being said, we have a great interview. I got to do it one-on-one with him uh, earlier in the week. Joe Sponenberg, fifth-year goalie for Fordham. He graduated last year, but, you know, had one more year of eligibility and decided to uh, enroll as a graduate student. And he had some really cool perspectives on what it's like, you know, not only going to a school like Fordham in the middle of the city, growing up playing hockey in New Jersey and kind of the run he's been on since his freshman year and the transition that they made from the ACHA to the CHF. So for a lot of people who kind of don't really understand the CHF, want to get a better inside scoop on why some teams have made the jump. Perfect interview for that. And, and, And a great guy with some great stories. And he had an awesome memory too. That's one thing I loved about talking with joe he could remember the scores from almost every game that he was in and and who they are with so i had an awesome time talking to him and and we'll cut to that interview now we're pleased to be joined by fordham university's all-time wins leader from wayne new jersey number 35 joe sponenberg joe welcome to the hockey house thank you for having me we're psyched to have you on um How's the season going so far?
4: It's been up and down compared to years past. We we definitely lost a decent amount. We ended up like losing two grades because of COVID because we couldn't play at all last year. And then so we lost the seniors who graduated, my junior year, then we lost my grade and now I'm a grad student and it's it's just been different cuz it's it's a bunch of guys that we had never played with before.
0: Yeah, I I think a lot of teams are going through that. You know, the teams that were able to play during COVID were able to kind of keep the ship sailing and other teams went on pause for so long and are are still kind of uh, getting used to things. But let's dive into your, your career growing up. Uh, I mentioned to you before the show, you grew up playing with Colin Morrow, who's a good friend of mine and, and one of my roommates here. Uh, where did you play youth hockey in, in Jersey?
4: When I was really little, like house league, I played for just a team out of the icefall, the Wayne Hockey Club, just a local team. Then starting sixth grade, I tried to join a travel team. I ended up joining the Avs, uh, North Jersey Avalanche. From there, I just kind of stuck there. So I started at like, I think it was the B team, then moved up to A, then eventually moved up to double A. And just kind of played double-A hockey all of high school.
0: Once you were getting uh, ready to go to college, what kind of helped make you decide on going to Fordham?
4: It was funny. Me and my mom just came up with a big list of what are the top business schools with a club hockey team. It was just like whichever one I get into that's at the top of that list for business school ranking that has a club hockey team, I'm going there. And
0: so what were some other schools at the top of that list?
4: Northeastern was up there. But at that point, I had already gotten into Fordham because I did the early action. Some other ones were Bentley. That was up there. That was that was a tough decision, and the University of Maryland.
0: There we go. Some solid, some solid club hockey teams in that list for sure. Now your freshman year, when you get to Fordham. Uh, they were playing in the ACHA. We love asking this question for everyone who comes on. What was your welcome to the ACHA moment when you first got introduced to Fordham hockey?
4: I, from listening to the podcast, I had thought about this. And honestly, I have two. One that was like skill related and one that was like, oh, this is what the ACHA is. So before I even had gotten to Fordham, the coach of Fordham invited me to a... Uh, I think it was the Chowder Cup, like one of those like tournament team type things. And that team had a bunch of ACHA guys. There was guys from Pitt. There was, I forget some other schools, but it was kind of a team like that, that he knew of kids from the New York area who wanted to be on a tournament team and just play throughout the summer. And he invited me to that to see what he had because Fordham had no goalies going into my freshman year. It was going to be three freshmen. So he we wanted to see what he had, which made sense. We go out there in the Charter Cup. I think I gave up nine goals. It was like 15-minute periods. And he comes over to me and just like, "Ah, oh, he did a lot better than I expected. And I was like, what is this? Like, I kind of expected the level to be at that skill level. I find out, like, the teams that we were playing were much higher level. Than, like, these were, like, juniors, kids trying to get to, like, D1. Whereas, like, it just wasn't the same. So, honestly, I felt that was a good preparation because I was like, it's not getting any better than that. The funnier moment where I was like, this this is the ACHA, was we're playing Suffolk County Community College, which is a two-year community college. We're doing the starting lineups, and I'm standing next to one of our defensemen. He points out this one kid. He's like, he's been here for five years, and we don't think he's graduating this year. And I'm like, what? It's a two-year school. <laughs> And so that, that was that was just a funny moment that uh, will always stick out to me for my freshman year.
0: Kind of diving into your freshman year, how did that season go? Um, looking at your elite prospects as you appeared in 17 games, like you said, having three freshman goalies, what was that experience like?
4: Yeah, that was a really cool experience because we had three goalies that I feel were all at about the same skill level. Like, honestly, it was, it was there was no differentiating us. And for the first month of the season, it was okay. It's just every other game like, okay, this one's going to start this game, next game, next game, and then we just take every third game. Unfortunately, one of the goalies got a concussion, just got kicked in the head, and he had, had concussion problems in high school. So he stopped, and then it was just me and this other kid splitting. Down the road, I started ended up playing like more of like the bigger games against some of our tougher teams. I played in playoffs or league playoffs because one of the seniors had told our coach, like, Joe just seems more like focused or something like that. Ended up starting that first game against Hofstra. We beat them, go to the final, play Ramapo. We beat them. We then go on to regionals. At that point, I was going to start because I started the playoffs and it there was no point switching at that point. We play Cal U Penn, which I remember at the time the ACHA did this like, it was like a mini pre-show type thing. The the guy, I, I don't even remember his name, was like, this is the upset that I'm calling. Cal U Penn's gonna beat Fordham. Fordham's never been here before because that was the first time the Fordham program have ever been to regionals. And they're like, Cal U Penn's too big for them and stuff. Sure enough, we go out there and we beat them. And it was that, that was a cool experience. I should have had, I think it was a 45 save shutout. I was very annoyed because the kid punched it into the into the goal with his glove Honestly, it was more credit to my defense. It was all point shots, all that type of stuff, games that you love as a goalie. We go to the finals, regionals, to go to nationals, and we play George Mason. They had one kid, Cam Smith, who was phenomenal. I remember on just the podcast that just came out, the guy from Central Michigan was talking about him on that team that went to Russia. He was a phenomenal player. He apparently had a Dartmouth offer or something, and that got pulled because of like a knee injury, but he was still like a fantastic player and we're like he's not scoring on us we don't give up a goal to him this other kid puts up a hat trick I think he's playing roller hockey in Europe right now I was like where did they find this kid but no he was he was good so we lose but like we lose by one we lose three two and for a first experience at Fordham like that was really cool as a freshman to see because all the seniors were like so happy that they got this experience of regionals which they had never gotten because again it was the first time in Fordham's history ever getting that far we got a league title out of it and we were just ready to build on it going forward.
0: Yeah, and, and clearly you guys were able to build on that. The following year, you guys were able to go to Nationals. Kind of walk us through what, what that season was like, and, and it ended up being your final season in the ACHA.
4: So that season, it was it was also our final year in the Metropolitan Hockey Conference, which is still in the ACHA. Honestly, for years, we had been saying we outgrew this league. Th- that year kind of proved it. We won every single league game. We didn't lose a league game, and we had to schedule – We scheduled like Fairfield, Farmingdale, Quinnipiac, like just to get some more talented teams to play against because we felt that hurt us my freshman year. Like we go into regionals and we didn't really play anyone that was phenomenal. We schedule those games, we go into our league playoffs. We have a tough time with Hofstra in the finals. That was a 4 3 overtime win, but. I mean, they always give us a tough game, even when they're not the most talented, and we had more talent than them. They they showed up to play against us, and that was always a tough game. And then we go to regionals, and we we beat Springfield. We were up, I think, six one or something in that game. We take our foot off the gas. I think we won it like six four in the end. We were in control most of that game. We have to play George Mason in the final regionals again. We had beaten them at some Thanksgiving showcase tournament. Four to two, so we knew we could beat them, but we go into regionals and we kinda know Cam Smith is great player, but kind of a head case. We know their goalie's a head case. I think it was two one after the first. We have this we had this one kid in my grade who just would absolutely nonstop chirp like five foot seven on a good day, but does not stop chirping. He's in Cam Smith's head a little. Then we we put in a third at the start of the second, and the floodgates just opened. We we win that game 7-1. That was a very cool experience. All the guys from that team say that was their favorite game that they had ever played in. My favorite game is when we get to Nationals. We beat Florida Gulf Coast 3-2, which was a really cool experience. If you listen to the broadcast of that game, which, of course, they still have saved, the announcer comes on and is just like, oh, here's a Florida Gulf Coast team with tons of experience, and we'd never been to Nationals, and to win that game 3-2 was just a really, really cool experience. Talking
0: about good experiences as a whole, what was that like going to nationals and, in you know, and, and were you, did you guys have to fundraise a lot of money to get there? What was it like kind of as, as an experience as a whole?
4: So I do I want to shout out all our donors and all our uh, people behind the scenes. So everything is run by one guy at Fordham called, Andrew Mola, and he's our GM scheduler. Anything you need to go to Andrew Mola. He had the finances planned out for nationals a year in advance, just in case we made it. He made sure that we raised money so that we didn't have to ask the parents for like, oh, can you chip in for the flight or something like that? Like he made sure he was on all our alumni, just trying to raise that money. So like, yeah, we did, we did a bit of fundraising, but it was honestly more fundraising because of Andrew Mola. It wasn't like, we didn't have to like, we weren't selling like Chipotle bowls or something like that. Like it was, it was a lot of behind the scenes work by Andrew Mola. And I do appreciate him for that. And we got to have a a great experience. So we go down there.
0: It was in Dallas, correct?
4: Yes. It was in Dallas. We book a flight early in the morning out of LaGuardia. We thought it was a smart decision because we're like, oh, we'll get down there earlier. We'll have that practice that day. And then games the next day. (sighs) Kids decide that it's a smart idea we're just not going to sleep before a flight. We're going to go out, like have a good time. I was questioning if we're going to make it through TSA. Like just some of the things that kids were doing, like how uh, intoxicated they may or may not have been. I was nervous about getting through TSA. Once we did that, I felt bad for anyone else on that flight, but I was like, we're making it to Dallas. So that's fine. We get there. Kids sleep through the flight, sleep through the bus ride to the hotel. Then we have that practice. This was a funny one. I think it was Sioux College comes over and they have the practice slot after us or something. And they're watching us. And we look so god awful. I remember my skates had no edge on them, so I couldn't I couldn't skate. I'm sitting in a butterfly just taking shots because I can't move. Sue College is sitting there laughing at us. I'm like, oh God, this is this is gonna be something. Meanwhile, our coach, who he's something else, had us switch jerseys so that we had different numbers, so that people didn't know who we were. Like just to, to explain like what this practice was. It was it was something then we go back to the hotel and it's a it's a pretty chill first night because we're all like you know we'll get ready for the game tomorrow we show up we play Florida Gulf Coast in that first game we win that was a hell of a time we go to top golf that night one of the kids on our team was he only played with us the second half of the semester he played D3 hockey but came to Fordham for a better degree and we somehow found him to play for the second half of the semester no idea where my coach found him but I was like hey I'll take it he's 26 or something so we can rent a car so we all squeeze in his rental car we go to top golf i just remember like i was with most of the seniors then just cuz i was more friends with those guys and they're all drinking and i'm i'm not cuz they're not i'm like i'm not trying to fake a top golf or anything i've never swung golf club before wind up i take it like a baseball swing i release the club it hits the heater in the bay next to us and the other family starts screaming i thought i thought i killed someone i was like jesus christ now that was a fun time and then A lot of guys, I don't really like to go out like before I have a game, and we had three games in a row as Nationals work. But like a lot of guys went into Dallas and I would just see the Snapchat, see like hear the stories. I know they, they found a mechanical bull at one point. There was just some interesting videos from that. Uh one of our assistant captains, after we played Michigan, we played them to a really close 2-1 loss. That was that was another fun experience just because of how good that team was. And I'd never seen a team that good. We he goes out. He broke his foot in that game or his ankle with a blocked shot goes out and is just like, ah, you know, I'm not playing tomorrow, but you know what, whatever. I'll have a good time with the team, you know, like city bikes, but they have like electric scooters. Yeah. Takes one of those right into the back of a parked car has a concussion. Like I'm, I think he's dead. Like, Oh, it was, that was a fun time though. Like just even like going out to eat with the team and there was a cigar bar near the restaurant that some of the kids enjoyed. Like it was, it was just a really, really cool experience.
0: We always joke on the show that like, it's uh, you got to find out where the teams are staying in the hotel before you make your prediction for who's going to win the national tournament, because it's such a long season. And then you, you kind of get rewarded by going to nationals and it's usually during spring break week. So guys of course want to take advantage of it. So it's always interesting. And it's, it's good to see guys enjoying themselves after, you know, a successful season. But after, after that, what was that summer like going into the next year where you guys change conferences, you change leagues. What was that process like?
4: The way that it was described to me, at least, and described to the rest of our team by our team manager was like the ACHA cares a lot about their D1 teams and like all that stuff, but wasn't really as much focusing on especially D3 at that point. And it was just it kind of kind of showed itself that year with COVID where oh, we're going to cancel the D3 tournament, but have the D1 and 2 And like, it made me glad that we left at that point. But for us, it was really no different because we were still focused on our little area. I know other teams have insane travel times and stuff. For us, we went from our farthest trip being out to Suffolk, which was two hours because of traffic. It's only like 30 miles. It's not like we're going anywhere crazy. To now our farthest trip is two and a half hours to Quinnipiac. Like that that's it. And we we really stay in our local area. We don't do like the big road trips and stuff. So for us, it would, it just made more sense because now we're, we're moving more for the league than we were for the ACHA or CHF. It was, we want to play with Farmingdale, Quinnipiac, Fairfield. We want to play with these good teams. Yeah, sure. There was the bonus of, oh, we think the CHF will care about us more than the ACHA does. But in the grand scheme of things for us, it just, it just made more sense to move. The summer, honestly, it, it really didn't change anything on our end, though. It just changed what our schedule was going to be and what teams we were going to play. And then it changed the qualification process for nationals. That was pretty much it. But in our minds, we're like, hey, we're just playing better teams now. It was a good experience though. I think the the CHF has done a great job with at least what we've had so far. The qualification process made sense at the time because it's just, I think it was 28 teams or 24 teams just qualify and it was based on the rankings
0: and so when you moved to the empire hockey conference were there any you know new rivalries I know you mentioned that you were playing a couple of those same teams that you had recently been playing in the ACHA
4: Ramapo my freshman year they were in the the met with us and that was like kind of our big rival was Ramapo they go independent my sophomore year so we don't play them because we're still in the met we both joined the empire that junior year so we got to play them again that's always always a bigger game for us honestly like we just don't like most of the teams in our conference, and they don't like us either. We like that's just how it is. We we respect each other, and like we we had like an all star showcase last year where we had a bunch of the guys, and like we we respect each other, but on the ice like we don't like playing Farmingdale, we don't like playing Fairfield, we don't like playing Quinnipiac. Hofstra joined the Empire, we don't like playing Hofstra, we don't like playing Ramapo. Like for us, like that's the other thing is like when other teams are like, oh these are our big rivalry games. I'm like pretty much every game for us is that like rivalry game because. We just don't like most of the
0: teams. Like you said, a lot of teams like to think they have rivalry games, but if your conference is strong enough and every game is a rivalry game in your conference, what are the games like at, at the ice hutch?
4: That's the other thing that I, I am a little disappointed about in our area is just the sheer lack of fans that we get. And partially it's, it's on us. Cause we're not allowed to have fan buses. We're not allowed to have, like we can't really encourage fans coming as much as we would like to because of, some incidents in the past, I think they were in like the 90s, like it wasn't, and like, so the school is just kind of wary about the hockey team having fans, but like, it's more on ice rivalries than it is with the fans, and the ice hutch itself, though, I don't know how much you know about it. It is- I've seen photos. It's one of the dumpiest arenas. Yeah, it is one of the dumpiest arenas ever. Do you follow that, that uh, Twitter account, NHL Rumors Daily or whatever? yeah, yeah. He over the summer tweeted out, "We should have an NHL game at the Ice Hutch because I think it's the worst arena, and it would be hilarious to see an NHL game there. Like that—that's like the level that we're talking about. It's a tennis bubble with an ice rink in it. It's it's hilarious, but we get our own locker room, so it's okay."
0: That's always the next question is, is how is the rink? And do you guys have your own locker room in in terms of travel though? is, Is it convenient for all the guys to get from campus to the rink?
4: Yeah. So we, we have, they're called Ram vans. They generally go from our Bronx campus to our Lincoln center campus in Manhattan. As a club sports team, we can have someone be a driver. So they have to pass a test and then they just drive the Ram vans to practice. So it's, 15, 20 minute drive. And it's, it's not too bad.
0: While we're on the subject, what's it like going to school, you know, in the Bronx is coming from Jersey. Was that something you were kind of like, no, I want to, I don't want to say used to, but definitely the college experience is different when you're going to a city school.
4: It's definitely different, but it, there's still that campus feel at Fordham because the way Rose Hill's laid out, it is just a giant block, and there is a green space in the middle. Yeah, we go. We were we're a bar school. We're not like frats or anything like that, so we kind of lose that part of like the traditional college experience. But I don't know, like especially since I've seen the Lincoln Center campus, because that's where the grad school program is. I do feel there is still that campus feel in the Bronx, which is which is definitely nice.
0: And uh, like you mentioned, that Fordham is more definitely more of a bar school. Are there, are there college bars that everyone's going to, or is it kind of just like everyone go, picks a different place to go to in the city?
4: Oh, no. So um, like kids will go to the city maybe once once a semester for like a big night out, or like they'll go to brunch in the city. Right by campus, there's like three college bars that everyone will go to. All right. And then do you have a personal favorite of the three? I used to be a big fan of the Blue Goose, but that unfortunately shut down. The owner now owns a different bar, and it just doesn't have the same feel. I'm gonna be honest. It, it just doesn't. I don't know. I mean, Last Call just opened up, and I liked it as a restaurant. I've been there as a bar, but I I, I still just miss the Blue Goose.
0: All right, no. Lo- love to hear the, the the recommendations. So now you guys have. You're in the CHF. Everything's going well. You advanced to the Federation Cup, and you guys won your first three games before everything hit the fan. And, you know, we're living in the world we are today. And it's interesting because we talk a lot about the ACHA tournament and how it started with uh, teams weren't sending their schools, weren't going to send their teams. And then finally, the ACHA stepped in and said, we're canceling our tournament. You guys were actually playing in Westchester when halfway through the tournament, Everything got canceled. What was that run like, and what was it up on uh, leading up to the day where you found out the season was over?
4: We we were the week before the ACHA, so that's why I think they sent us because nothing had ha- like Rudy Gobert hadn't happened, the NHL had not shut down, NCA hadn't. We were the week before the ACHA, so to me it made sense that we were continuing to this day. I still think we could have finished that tournament, but that's besides the point. That was a good run though. We so we were down. I think it was 4 1 to Binghamton, who was the number one team in the CHF at that time. And we come back, we win 5 4 in that game with a goal with there was a tenth of a second left. Like that was that was one of the craziest goals I've been on the ice for. We beat Cuts down in the second game. We there was like no lead up. Like I at least from my end and like a lot of other kids, I didn't think it was gonna get canceled. So we play that second game. We know we're in the next round because Catholic had kind of I mean they've gotten killed. They, they lost 15-0 to Binghamton and, like, something like that. And, like, so we're like, okay, we'll be Catholic and we'll be in the next round. There was, like, some rumblings of, oh, what are we going to do? But it wasn't like we, – we thought it was still going to go on. Then Delaware pulled out of the tournament. And we're like, uh-oh. Then a few other teams pulled out. Then we pulled out. Then the tournament gets canceled. It just stunk because we, we knew that – we, we could have made a run. Like, I know everyone says we could have made a run. That year, we had beaten Farmingdale State College and tied. We didn't lose to Farmingdale that year, which was crazy because they're historically like the best team to come out of the our region for uh, the ACHA. They were the best team in our league that year. We beat Binghamton, who was the number one team at national. So we're like, OK, we can make we can really make a run. And there was no team that we couldn't beat. I'm not saying we would have won for sure, but there was no team that would have definitely beat us. So the school tells us, oh, you guys have to get back tonight. And that was on a Friday at like 8.30. And we're like, no, we're not driving back from Philly at 8.30 on a Friday. We stay one more night. And there's an Uno's right next to the restaurant, which is, if you've ever been to an Uno's, it's not a bar, it's it's an Uno's. It's a pizza place. We kind of did a number on that Uno's. It was, it was a rough night for some people. I remember my dad bought all the seniors in Irish car bomb I don't think my dad's ever drank an Irish car bomb in his life and it was just it was it was it was sad like it was really sad because I knew that was going to be the seniors last game and I, I really did love that grade I knew that that was that was a, a missed opportunity but it was also a good night like it, it was sad but it, it was a good night with with the team.
0: And then, um, you know, everything goes on. Things go remote, summer passes, and then you have last season. What was it like, you know, during the pandemic? It was your senior year. Um, Was there talk of trying to get a season going, or was club sports kind of telling you, hey, guys, I don't think it's going to happen?
4: It was really, really frustrating. They never told us no. Like, that was the annoying thing is they never said, no, it's not going to happen. They kept on delaying it for different reasons. Our club sports director at the beginning of the year left under some mysterious circumstances that we still don't know the reason for. We had to deal with a bunch of new people who weren't used to running club sports. And then we had to also try and get a season when they weren't giving us any straight answers. It was just really frustrating because I would see that, oh, our D1 basketball team is playing, but we're not. As soon as I'd see that game, I'd call, I, I'd try and get on a call with our the interim club sports director and they'd be like, oh, well, they're getting tested every week or they're getting tested every day, whatever they said. And I was like, yeah, but I would do the same thing. Thing. like if you let me take the tests i would do the same thing and they're like yeah but like we can't ask you to do that just as students and we're like but we want to and like so it was just frustrating answers like that the one that killed me is they set up a synthetic ice sheet for like outdoor ice skating for students and i'm like they can do this but we can't have practice it, it was just it was just frustrating stuff like that and i kept trying what if we follow the high school protocols because new york state played at that point and they're like only in state games or in like section games. I forget what the exact ruling was. What if we just play teams like in our section that are getting tested, like, and they're just like, Oh, well, we'll see. And they just kept kicking the can down the road until eventually there was no time left.
0: Yeah. This very similar situation in in Syracuse, at least like we had decided we were going to cancel the season in November. Like we had the writing on the wall at that point, but in February we were trying to start up skates again. And we, you know, it started as skill sessions on campus and, and all that. And it was like, okay, so they're following New York rules. And then USA Hockey resumed in New York. And we were like, okay, so like, are we good to have scrimmages and practice, like inter squad games? And they were like, nah, uh, no. Like they kept moving the needle, it felt like similar to what you were saying. And, you know, every time you ask for more and, and they're not budging an inch, but you did have the opportunity to go down to the hockey festival and represent the Empire Hockey Conference. Talk about what that process was like and how you were invited to go play in that.
4: I was one of the few kids, so 2019 or that last season before COVID, I was named to the Empire First Team All-Conference, and I was one of the few returning people from anyone who was selected to any of the teams. I was one of the first people that they reached out to to go down there and represent the Empire Conference, and I was like, of course, because... I would do anything to play. They then start filling in the roster. starts getting a little weird because I'm like, all right, we're asking like some people who are not like – like it wasn't like – they were asking like good people. Like they're good players, but it wasn't like that all-star team. And then I realized, oh, no, they're forming two teams. So I'm like, that makes more sense. Get to that. Week before, the Quinnipiac goalie gets COVID or like tests positive or has a close contact or something. A bunch of guys from uh, Fairfield have to drop out. Like some other guys have to drop out. So what ends up happening is we just basically bring down most of the Fordham juniors and seniors. We combine with Hofstra. They send like six guys. I think it was like 14 or 15 Fordham guys and then six Hofstra guys and one kid from Navy. I don't know how we got the kid from Navy, but he he was a really nice kid. Really liked him. The other Empire team is just everyone else. We go down and... Like, yeah, there's some, like, friendly banter and stuff, but, like, one of the Hofstra kids was just, like, telling us, like, oh, one of the Farmingdale kids came up to us and was like, have fun finishing last in this tournament. Like, you guys have no talent. And we're, we end up winning the whole tournament, which was just nice to rub in their faces. It, it, was a, it was a really cool experience, and it's always cool to play with kids from different schools because, I don't know, like, I never really got that chance ever. It was a really neat experience, and I, I enjoyed it a lot.
0: And so now, you know, fast forward to your senior year, you decide to come back and do a graduate year. What was that like? Did you knew? Did you know kind of all along that you wanted to at least get one more
4: season in? I mean, I knew all along I wanted one more season. I didn't know if I was going to get it though, because it was mainly the job market for me. I was like, if I get a good job that I like, I'm taking the job. I got some offers for some jobs that I just, I, I wasn't crazy about. So I was like, you know what, let me go back to school because I was a I was a finance major with uh, sports management concentration and I didn't really love finance, but I was just like, eh, it's a versatile degree. I can do whatever I want, but I didn't get any jobs that I like. So I was like, let me go back for marketing intelligence. I'll do that. And I get to play another year of hockey, which was just an added bonus because like I I love the team. I love being on the team and it's just been a great experience
0: to kind of start things off this season. um, You participated in the October saves challenge and raised over $3,000 making 128 saves in the month of October. Was that something you had done before or was that new?
4: So I did that my junior year because a senior year, there was no October for me to make saves in.
0: Hey, you didn't, you didn't let up any goals in October though. That's true.
4: That is true. (laughs) I forget what I raised my, my junior year. I think it was like, 1,700, 1,900, something in that range. I always like giving back to whatever charities I can, especially through hockey. Like, hockey's given me so much. And, like, the club team at Fordham has given me so much. My experiences throughout youth hockey have given me so much. Like, if there's anything I could ever do to give back, I always want to try and do that. So, it's just a very rewarding experience for me trying to do stuff like that.
0: And then, uh, you know, the next month in November, as I mentioned at the start of the show, you became the all time wins leader. Um, In program history, what did that mean for you, especially, you know, in your I mean, fourth season with the team, but your fifth year at Fordham to kind of leave a legacy on the program?
4: Yeah, no, it, it, it means a lot. And like I got put in a very lucky situation. I got to start as a freshman, which most goalies don't get to do. I got put behind a great team that cared about playing defense, so I wasn't facing a ton of high-quality chances every single night, and then I just tried to do my part. It meant a lot because I know so many people had helped me get there. It did annoy me because I'm still convinced if that Nationals didn't get canceled in 2019, I would have broken it as a junior, which would have been really cool, but still, the fact that I was able to do it at all really did mean a lot
0: to me. And so we've covered a lot of ground here in in your career at Fordham, but any other moments that kind of stood out to you? I know you mentioned that that trip to Nationals was great and it sounds like that Uno got, you know, ran through the spin cycle with the Fordham hockey team. But any other, you know, moments that stick out to you in your time at Fordham?
4: Probably we win. We win the the Met. Oh, I forget if it was my freshman or my, uh, my sophomore year when we won it. We go out to the bars. They will fill up this trophy because it is a cup. They fill up the trophy for free, which is fantastic. This one kid is just hugging this trophy the entire night like just with the trophy his girlfriend goes over to him and he's just like oh you love that trophy more than me and he's like don't talk to me i'm an effing champion i'm an effing champion and that that'll just always stick out to me in my head
0: are you gonna say that he chose he ended up choosing the trophy over the girlfriend by the end of the night
4: i mean maybe but i i don't know about that far
0: How about, before we start to wrap things up, how about any, any teammates you've played with over, you know, the past four seasons that you'd like to give a shout out to?
4: Oh, there, there's so many. Um, Anthony DePerry is one of the funniest kids that I've ever, ever met. He is Queens and just any reputation that has to do with Queens and New York City and you wear the Tims, the sweatpants, the New York Yankees hat, the way he talks that, that, that's him. That, that is just him. He is, He's a Twitter character. I'm convinced of it. We had just some great guys, like from the seniors, my freshman year, who were John Murray, Cole Taylor, that whole group. That, they were all so great to me. We had the juniors. We had a kid named Sean Johnson. He was he was a fantastic leader, great defenseman for me. There's just so many people. Um, it's just a great group of guys. And even the kids in my grade, I had so many great guys. I had Flanny, I had uh, Morph, I had Maxi, I had Blaney, just. Strauss, so many kids that like I wish I could run through my entire roster of everyone because everyone left left an a lasting impact. It's been a great time with all of them.
0: All right, and lastly, I'll leave you with this: What is your pitch for somebody looking to play hockey at at Fordham?
4: It's a great time without without like a super serious level of commitment. Like we're we're there to have fun and play hockey. Like we're not trying to kill anyone. We're not we're not bag skating. But we've won two titles in the past five years we've the most successful team on Fordham's campus d1 club anything we're, we're the most successful by record wise just saying it's it's just a great group of guys like my freshman year I dealt with a lot like mental health wise I wasn't in the best place and some of the people that helped me get through it were were the guys on the team so they, they, it is just a great group of guys
0: well Joe once again thanks for joining us um this week and, and best of luck the rest of the way and um Congratulations on everything you've accomplished so far at Fordham. Thank you. Once again, thank you to Joe Sponenberg for joining us this week. Awesome interviews presented by OptumX Sports. OptumX Sports provides teams the opportunity to build and manage their own website. The best part, your first year with them is free. Be sure to check them out using the link in our bio. And If you're interested in signing up, be sure to use our referral link at OptumXSports.com slash sign up slash pod. Uh, These guys are the real deal. Like we said, we're very excited to be working with Optimex. They understand the ACHA. They understand how things work. And now is the perfect time of year to be looking into your website. You know, the older guys on the team are starting to graduate, aren't doing as many responsibilities within the team. Now is the time to, you know, take advantage of your first free year with Optimex Sports. And and they'll get you down the right path when it comes to your website and get you looking really professional, especially heading into the off season. It's the perfect time to start thinking about that. So be sure to check them out. Like we said, Optimex Sports dot com slash sign up slash hockey house pod game of the week this is gonna be a good one we mentioned them earlier unlv 16 wins in a row they are traveling to the lahay when we talked to brendan manning and nick flanders they talked about how one of the things they were so disappointed about last season getting canceled for them was they didn't get to go to Haye they were scheduled to go do so now you have a red hot skating rebels team traveling to the lahay might as well throw this one on ESPN like let's not put it on ESPN plus let's ha- make it make it the friday night hockey game on ESPN bump it to ESPN 2 maybe for the saturday game it's going to be great i don't know it's going to be interesting i i I guess we're rolling with the rebels, right? Like we can't, this is a pro rebels podcast. I think everyone wants to see the rebels do well when they go to the Haye. I think they're going to have a challenge on Friday night. I think if they can weather the storm on Friday night, get used to the environment. I mean, they packed the place out in Vegas. So isn't it are not too unfamiliar with this, but I could definitely see the, the rebels having their hands full on Friday night and then bouncing back with a, with a strong performance on Saturday. The question is though, do they keep the streak alive and uh, you'll have to find out for yourself and be sure to check it out on ESPN plus this weekend. You guys all have ESPN plus, right? Glick, No fits. No. Wow. I hear a lot of people complain about NHL games being on ESPN And I feel like it's just way easier having them all on ESPN plus, as opposed to like having to get the NHL TV package. Herm, what are your thoughts on this?
2: Y'all pay for streaming services? I was going to say there's this this thing called Reddit stream.
0: Oh, geez.
2: Cut it out. Loyal subscriber to ESPN
0: Plus. Been paying the Murphy family subscription fee for maybe two years now. So I'm not going to slander ESPN Plus. I hope the, the government is hearing this. Um, I'm all in on uh, paying my monthly subscription fee for ESPN Plus. Big supporting mega corporations guy over here. Yes. Yes. That, that company, Disney, that owns like every company. Yes they can have my money. We, we talked about you know the Rebels traveling down to Arizona. ASU is traveling to Tucson this weekend to take on their in-state rival, the Wildcats. That is always must-watch game. Ohio is traveling to Lindenwood in a CCHL matchup. Uh, the Bobcats w- will probably have their hands full this weekend, Herm. I mean, this is a Lindenwood team that has been rolling through the ACHA so far this season um, as they make their transition to the NCAA level, but I expect the Bobcats to give him a good fight. Don't count out the Bobcats. They
3: got an upset win last weekend versus the Cyclones and kept it close in the second game. I know Lindenwood's number one in the ACHA, but I've always got faith in the Bob Dogs.
0: And then heading to Oklahoma, another Division I matchup. Uh, we've got Missouri State traveling to Central Oklahoma. Those two teams are going to battle it out for first place in the WCHL. Um, we've seen Missouri State and UCO off to strong starts this season, and looking forward to carry that. You know, I expect both these teams to be in the national tournament. It's just going to be who's going to be the league representative at the end of the year. Mentioned this one earlier, but Temple at Nova going to be a good game when these guys get together last time they played it was the hockey house game of the week and uh ended up going to a shootout so i expect this one to be another nail biter click any any thoughts going into the weekend
1: definitely losing in a shootout last time against these guys left a bad taste in our mouths we're looking to get revenge this weekend against the wildcats
0: another inner city matchup duquesne and pitt are going to battle it out on monday and uh this game is pretty special only 100 fans going to be allowed here but they're playing in a temporary rink at the armory in pittsburgh it is a and is an old military armory that they have built an ice sheet in i believe when we talked to the guys from pitt they said is the only ice sheet in pittsburgh city limits uh the other rinks are on the outskirts but for now it is the only rink inside city limits open to the public really cool to see the two university teams battling it out um for acha bragging rights that game's gonna be on monday night um i'm pulling for the guys from pitt um, like I said, because, you know, a little bias there because we talked to them and they just seemed like awesome guys and they're really looking forward to this matchup. So I'll take the Panthers in this one, even though I think the Pan- the Panthers just ended the Syracuse basketball season uh, last night. I was working that game. Tough year to be a Syracuse basketball fan, but even more tough when you lose to a pit team that's below 500. Moving on, enough about me. Two of the top teams in the CHF are going to take each other on. We got Auburn And FAU, Uh, the Auburn boys are hot right now. Um, We we talked about it. They're coming off a win against Bama here. And if they're anything like their social media team, uh, the boys are going to keep rolling here. And hopefully they can deep fry FAU with some memes this weekend. More city matchups here. We've got Cincinnati taking on Xavier. Um, This sounds like it's going to be a madhouse. I mean, Cincinnati is already rocking right now. More NFL talk. Uh, The Bengals, of course. So if they're anything like Joey B, this game is going to be going to be lights out we got promotions from the barstool accounts here it sounds like the place is going to be packed so hoping we get some good uh shots and and some video footage from from that game robert morris is hosting mercyhurst in a charity game and they're going to be rocking some sick jerseys Uh, sponsored by good guy inc it seems like it's a clothing apparel company just for for good guys and good human beings and what more to represent that than some dogs on the jerseys uh so we'll be posting the the photos there so be sure to check them out on our page but good luck to robert morris this weekend and then um some outdoor hockey games down south we've got clemson taking on georgia and then south carolina taking on georgia those should be exciting games when we talked Uh, We did an interview that hopefully dropped pretty soon with some Georgia guys, and they had mentioned this uh, before the news came out about the game, but they were pretty excited about this. But uh, we'll keep an eye out that, and I'm sure uh, Gorms will have plenty of content from the bench for the Gamecocks, as he always does. And uh, honorable mention, we got Delaware versus URI, two teams in the Eshel, pretty similar spots in the rankings in the you know, 20 to 25 area. So that should be a, a good one as well. Plenty of hockey. And hey, if, if you're listening to this and you don't hear the game that you want mentioned, be sure to send us a DM. We, we'd love to share and... uh you know mention your game one that i think comes to mind for me we've got texas a&m hosting the longhorns they're going to play a home and home always good when those two teams get together but like i said if if you have a game that you want mentioned on the pod be sure to send us a dm and we we'd gladly talk about it, it gives us more to talk about and I guess we'll take a deep breath here after all that If you've been listening in the past couple episodes here, you know that we've got a a nice little deal with Manscaped here, and I've got a nice long ad I could read or I could free ball it. And if I was going to free ball it, I would probably make sure that I was maintaining uh, myself with a nice Manscaped razor for the cleanest look in 2022. Head to manscaped.com and use the promo code hockey house for 20% off. That includes free shipping. Guys, I know like guys know everyone's using Manscaped. Now, if you're not on the Manscaped team, hop on the bandwagon, use the promo code hockey house gets you 20% off plus free shipping. This is one of those products where it's like, you don't think you need it that much. And then when you use it, you can't live without it. Nothing but good things to say about this product. The newest 4.0 package is legit. The lawnmower 4.0. They are not kidding when they say the LED light helps you out a ton here. Boys, we're kicking discomfort to the curb in 2022 here. Make sure you're looking your best off the ice here and get the manscaped. So once again, use the promo code hockey house for 20% off and free shipping. We mentioned our pet peeves that I think it was either the last episode, a couple episodes ago, but thought of another pet peeve that I forgot to mention. And I wanted your thoughts on this. I cannot stand when hockey teams wait at the door to go on the ice. I don't know if you want, you, you guys understand that in my mind, you should wait in the locker room and then somebody should pound on the door and then you just go out on the ice. Nothing grinds my gears more than like when we get told it's time to go on the ice and we head out to the door and then we're standing at the door for a minute to go on the ice like this is peewees. The only thing worse than standing at the door to go on the ice is sitting on the bench before you go on the ice. Like guys, if we're talking about legitimizing the ACHA here, let's make it look good here. Wait in the locker room and then take a running start. Like nothing is cooler than running out onto the ice and we're just going to eliminate that part of the game. Come on now. I won't have any of it. I'm not standing for that. Fits. Fitz. Chime in here.
2: I completely agree, Murph. That's that's literally been like one of the coolest things about playing in the Fed is we got a clock in our locker room, and when it hits 16 minutes, that means you you're going out on the ice for warmups, like no questions about it. You're you're going out at 16, and then when it hits one minute, they bang on the door. But you know, it hits one minute, you're going out for you know, the intros and everything and the game's going to start. So that's been one of my favorite things about being in the Fed is it's I don't have to like worry, like, am I actually going to like go out and like the game's going to get going here? We're going to go out and stand and, you know, kind of look around and see what's going on. Wait for the Zamboni to get off. It's it's finally all organized.
0: And if you've played in Ques before for my my friends in the Eshel or the Niagara's and the Buffalo's of the world, it is kind of a nightmare getting on the ice. The rink wasn't built for hockey. It was Built for figure skating, the people who donated the money, the Tenney family who donated money for the Tenney Ice Pavilion. They were big synchronized skaters. We have a great synchronized skating team on campus. They built one door. Both teams have to go on the ice in the same way, and so Syracuse has to go on the ice first, and we got to wait for the refs. But our locker room is further away, so we also purchased a clock in the locker room uh, for this year to try to fix this this problem. And it's getting better, but you know, it's a bizarre place where you got to walk by the whole the entire opposing team's locker room and they're all just the other team is just waiting at the door for us to go on the ice so they can go on the ice too it's a it's a smorgasbord of uh of hockey players waiting to go out but that was a pet peeve that i thought of at uri because uri has the locker rooms in the tunnel and you just run out onto the ice so it made me think of that but Fitz, I also thinking ahead here, I want to make sure you saw that Selly Hockey dropped those Ireland hats. We got it. You got to get you one of those before St. Patrick's Day. I know it's late January now, but especially my guys who like to go hard on St. Patrick's Day, you're probably going to want to get these hats because they're going to sell out fast, I would assume. And uh, so you don't want to be trying to get one in late February and have it not come in on time. But Fitz, it's it's great green, you know, like the Black Bears. We could wear it when you guys wear the the alternate jerseys. What do you think?
2: Murph, I kid you not, I bought one while we were talking during the episode. It's already on the way.
0: <laughs> wow, did you go with the white one or the green one?
2: I went with the white one. That's good.
0: You're going to rock that hat. I'm sure you're going to look great doing it. So, I'm I'm pumped that you you, you purchased it. I got to get an assist there from Sally Hockey. Yeah, there we go. I guess question of the week here relating to my my pet peeve about running out of the ice. I want to know what your guys' favorite walkout song is so like if you're walking out for the start of the game like you already did warm-ups and you're heading out for the starting lineups and uh the first period like what song do you want to hear over the pa system fits you're a huge rock guy so i'm assuming you're going something that route
2: yeah i'm I'm pretty torn right now a lot of ideas are flying i mean kickstart my heart's up there thunderstruck's always good one but i'll go enter sandman that's what they got going here at uh at binghamton and it's it's pretty electric when they uh they start playing that and We come out and the smoke's going, so we'll go Metallica. Our DJ's been playing that, too, when we hit the
0: ice. and The locker room DJ tries to coordinate it. It's actually really, like, we play it in the locker room, and then you walk out and you hear it on the rink. Sometimes you don't even notice the difference, but that usually gets the boys pretty fired up.
2: We started playing, you guys remember like the yodel boy in the Walmart or wherever in the Target, he was yodeling, and then they made like a remix to it. We started playing that in the locker room right before we go out, and then you hear Enter Sandman when we go out. It's like, it's crazy, the the shift. It's it's two two complete opposites. He's got a new song out, Mason Ramsey. Throw some respect on my boy's name. I, I'm all for it. I just saw he was getting chirped for the new song. He was like working at Subway. He's got a TikTok now. People are, are getting after him, but yeah, I'm, I'm all for the grind. Well, I know Glick's not listening to Mason Ramsey when he's taken to the
0: ice. If if you're on Ox for the Temple game, Glick, what are you choosing for the walkout song?
1: Oh, I'm gonna have to go with the very cliche Philly sports answer. I have to go with "Dreams and Nightmares" by Meek Mill. I mean, you play that song anywhere in Philly, whether it's at a Hockey House or at a, a Temple Hockey, and I'll definitely get the boys going.
0: Solid choice. And then Herm, if if you're on Ox, Jake isn't there to welcome the Ohio Bobcats onto the ice. What song are you playing? Oh God,
3: Chippin' Up to Boston
0: is what we play right now at Bird. If I had to pick something
3: different, it's probably Party Hard by Andrew WK. I'd say it's a it's a solid win song, but I could totally see it working as a, as a get out on the
0: ice song. For my picks, I'm going to go with something a little softer, something more classical, but I'm tied between, well, Bob O'Reilly is one of my favorite songs of all time. Yeah, I guess Herm, Rangers fan, I should have known that you'd like that pick, but that's a good one. The Canucks do it. Uh, Merrimack does it and Dartmouth did it when I was growing up as a kid. But they play, uh, where the streets have no names is another really good one. If you got the lights going with that one and then maybe a little siren action, those are my two picks. So I'm going to something a little more quieter, classical, but it still gets the boys going.
2: That one hits home right at the, I don't know, like builds up. And if you come out like right at that, that moment, that's sick. Yeah. I remember when, when I was like picking the music for my high school team, I used
0: to have like my sister, I'd be like, all right, like hit the song here. And we're not going to come out until we hear this part of the song, just for that effect. Herb, what do we got for the blowout of the week this week? In some women's one action, Arizona State
3: slaughtered Denver. Oh my goodness, 21 to nothing. Shots were 47 to 10, and then they beat them 14 to
0: 1 the next night. Good God, that is crazy from the Sun Devils. I had already chalked this up as the ball of the week on Thursday night. Adrian beat Western Michigan by a score of 14 to nothing. So, I mean, they Arizona State scored one more touchdown and made it 21 to nothing. So uh, they definitely earned that spot this week to wrap up the show here. And I'll, I'll let you guys chime in with any of your thoughts. But, you know, Bell, let's talk week. Is this week, and every year you see so many things about it. I think the Hurricanes did a really good job on social media this year talking about mental health. And the thing that stood out to me, and every year you see something new, and but it was like nobody ever pretends to be depressed they pretend to be okay and you never know what what guys are going through especially on a a hockey team with guys who are still getting used to college and and maybe aren't playing as much and don't really like where they're at right now but check in on your teammates and and it's nothing more than just a, a conversation and kind of get a little deeper than just hey how are you doing maybe ask them about their day and and that kind of thing because like I said, no, nobody's ever pretending, but people are always pretending to be okay. So make sure to check in on your teammates there. And I don't know if you guys have anything else to add about about how important this week is?
1: Yeah, um, I'll just be honest. You know, what you mentioned, like especially early on freshman year, I did deal a little bit with mental health issues. And honestly, the best thing I did was just talk to someone about it. And honestly, just getting that weight off your chest is the best thing you can do. You know, I'd been thinking about it for a couple of months at that point, just doing it really, you know, lift their weight off my shoulders. And it really helps you both academically and on the ice. So honestly, all it all takes just one step, finding someone you trust and just talking to them.
2: Remember that it's okay to not be okay. And just like Glick said, you know, reach out and it always helps to to talk with someone. So don't don't hesitate at all.
0: Awesome. Well, once again, thank you guys and and girls for tuning in this week. Good luck in your games this weekend and and be sure to send us anything, any clips or highlights. Be sure to send them our way the Hockey House pod. Thanks for listening.